Minnesota basketball fans, welcome back to the Living in Loserville podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some Timberwolves basketball. Obviously, you know, they're in a good position right now. They actually tipped off not long ago as we record with the Spurs. Um, fresh off that six-game winning streak, they're 39-30 and 30 in seventh place, excuse me, cleanly, too. They have a nice little positioning there, and they're inching forward uh, on Denver. We'll see if they actually can, you know, make their way to that sixth you know, seed. But well, we're just going to overview kind of that nice Miami win, even though Butler wasn't there. Cat getting in early foul problems kind of even some of that out, but that was a nice little dub. And, you know, they had this six-game winning streak for the first time in a long, long time. Beasley's going crazy. Um, and, you know, we'll, so we'll just kind of overview of where the team's at and then where are they going to go. We're going to preview the schedule for the next three games, the Spurs, Lakers, and Bucks. The Lakers and Bucks are both home games. And really, if you line it up, the next nine games, this stretch is uh, make or break it in many ways. So it's definitely going to be a nice test, you know, on the way into whether the playoffs or, or you know, the play-in game or whatever that comes down to. Normally we talk some Gophers hoops, but their season is done, so we won't go too deep into that. Let's hope we can uh, fresh start next year. And it'll be interesting to see how many transfers they bring in. Hopefully we can bring in a couple more guys that will be here for two years or something like that that but if this is your first time listening to the living in loserville podcast it's uh, available in a variety of areas it streams live on blog talk radio.com forward slash rope radio um you don't have to go to blog talk and rope if you don't want to and download the show there or listen to the browser you can find the rope radio po- podcast to listen to this show on apple podcast iHeartRadio, player fm tune in and Amazon Music. We're also part of the Cooling True Sports Podcast Network. We also have a Spricker page that Aaron opened up. He's got a podcast there uh, that's different than the one that we do, so you may want to check that out. It's called Living in Loserville. That's on a Spricker page, Living in Loserville. And then one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. The best of live TV and on-demand, no annual contract, no hidden fees. If you upgrade to the choice or ultimate package, that'll give you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fee. If you go all the way to the premiere package, that gives you HBO Max and Showtime already included. That's direct TV stream. Okay, so no spoiler alert, by the way. I am DVR, DVRing that, that, that Spurs game. Okay, it's on right now. So no no spoilers, please. Um, so anyway, I'm going to go ahead and bring in Aaron. And, you know, it's just nice to be relevant in the month of March um, when it comes to Timberwolves basketball. Am I right? I mean, it's been so long. Well, not really that long. We had a brief one year with Butler. But besides that, it's been about a big drought of irrelevancy. Uh, in the fast, last few years. So, yeah, current score on the Timberwolves and Spurs is um, – no, I'm just joking because you're, you're – spoiler alert, but I am – I do have it on in the background. Um, Yeah, it's – look, it's March. We're nine games above 500, I think you said. Uh, 
Um, it's been a really long time, and it's one of those things where there is a stretch coming up. We're going to talk about that, but you know, if you can hold your own through that stretch and, and manage to somehow secure that, any playoff seed will take, but we know which one we want. Uh, it looks like that's the way this is headed, hopefully. Mm. Yes, it is. 39 and 30 secured the seven spots of the Clippers, who still could get Paul George back. They right now are three and a half games back. They have four more losses, so they're 36 and 34. We might as well just forget the Lakers and New Orleans. I mean, I, I, you know, as far as them catching us, we may see them, unfortunately, but we are only a game and a half behind Denver. We do play them one more. We are two and a or yeah, three three and a half games um, behind Dallas. We play them twice during that stretch. So, as we've talked about all year, you know that coveted as far as the playing seventh spot to be able to have back to back. Games at home, if need be, and I think at some point, Aaron, they're actually going to do only the eight spot and let nine and ten play and, and, and do the eight. Because I'll say this now: obviously, I'm biased this year because I, you know the Wolves are in the seventh spot. But I said this from the initial start of the plan when we weren't even invited to the bubble. You know what I mean? Because that's where they introduced it in the bubble, and it's a great idea. It does keep uh, the last three, four teams totally, you know, trying to win basketball games. Kind of like, even though we weren't in it last year, those last 20 games, how we we did manage to go over the next season and we saw some momentum and we saw some pieces, we saw some lineups, we got something out of it. It was a, a productive 20, 15 to 20 games. And I think you're just seeing more and more of that. You saw it with the Suns in the bubble. They didn't make the playoffs, but they won like nine straight and then they got Chris Paul, and look where they went to the finals. We saw it with Memphis, who played their way in with, you know, winning two games, um, and actually winning the first game, I think it was against Utah, then they just got beat. But now we see where they're at this year. You know, they're, 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 yeah, they're going to have home court in the first uh, round. So, like you said, man, it's just a six-game winning streak since the 2003-2004 season. It's just, it really puts it in perspective, but, man, it's just fun to to know that we could still make a trade in the coming years. We have what three or four or five guys under the age of twenty two so we know the interior improvement you know can happen just in general these these you know now that they're actually getting to play with one another, which wasn't the case last year there's just it's on the up and up you know. Long story short, we made all these trades, and we got to give some credit, by the way, to Roses here because, wow, he left us in good shape. Yeah, I really did, and I think we talked about this a little bit last week. And just, you know, this is – it's unfortunate the situation he put himself in. uh, And, uh, you know, but in the grand scheme of things – you know, what kind of wrong was it? We don't know. We're not here to judge on that. But we do know that he put together this roster. We do know that he got D'Angelo Russell, got rid of Wiggins. We do know that he hired Chris Finch. We These are like three really important things to where we are right now. And that was the probably the, uh, I won't say crowning thing of, of Rosas, but 
I mean, we're looking at his work right now, and he's similar sitting watching it as well and going, you know, it's 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 working out maybe even better than he thought it would, or 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 maybe just as good as he thought it would. But nonetheless, it's like you know, what did we say last week? He even fired Ryan Saunders midseason, which was a <laughs> a tough thing to do if you're from Minnesota. You're aware the of how, son. how provincial we can be, and so to get rid of the Saunders kid was another thing. And you know, this is the work of Rosas and Chris Finch, which by the way I think is a great hire, and I think he even said it in the beginning. You know, the beginning of his tenure here that I was like, there's just something about him. He seems like a, like a basketball coach. And, uh, so that's all good. And you see the sixth game winning streak. You see the rise of this team. And like you said, they're so young. The core is young. Now you're finding these parts that are starting to advance. Like, uh, Jaden McDaniels is a, a piece now that could be possibly a starter at some point. And you're looking at a lot of, I think we have some draft capital as well and, and trade pieces. And it's starting to look like a real NBA franchise. I don't want to go too far and say that I'm knocking on wood as I say that, but, um, but it, that's, you know, the, as Brett Favre would say, the pieces are in place. You hope now let's just see what playoff ant looks like, what playoff cat looks like, what playoff Russell looks like and see if we can see, you know, who has the ability to take over a game when you need them to, you know, who makes clutch shots, who's going to make free throws, who's going to do all those things. And you need to be able to get into the playoffs and actually have a series to see that. And like I think we've been saying for most of the the show this season is that that's really what we think this season is about is a look at the playoffs. We, do we think we're going to win the championship? Of course, that'd be great if we did, but likelihood says we're probably not going to. So you want to see where, what kind of a playoff team you are. I mean, even back in the Garnett days, it took a couple playoff runs to really figure out you know, what you needed and what Garnett was going to be like and, and what you need around him and so on in those uh, high pressure late, uh, late season playoff runs that, uh, you know, could lead to a championship. And I think that's actually something we could begin to think about at this point. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, um, this is kind of like a grinded out plate and I know we have a, a nice little cushion anyway on, on the Clippers for now, but you know, our schedule is the toughest out of anybody down the stretch here of, of the you know, for in the whole league, especially that seven game stretch that they highlighted on the broadcast two games ago. But um this is kinda like play it in you know, a lot of this is play it in uh you know, definitely playoff ish basketball. Basketball, you know, it's right on the cusp of that. So this is going to be a, a nice stretch in a, a variety of ways, even if we end up, you know, it's about a 10-game stretch that we'll talk about. We've already won one of them. So hopefully we can beat the Spurs and be up 2-0. Then all of a sudden you go, well, shit, we could probably go 4-4. Four and four, But we'll talk about it in a second. Um, of late, though, Malik Beasley, and don't get me wrong, um, if the player that they – I mean, they were talking about multiple players, but and there was really a, a couple of that stood out as far as trading Beasley for him, Beasley in a first, like a future first. Um, there's a couple in there. Obviously, the, the defender from Boston stands out. Hopefully, you know, maybe down the line we can get him on the squad. He's one where you're like, I, I'd make that trade. I don't care if he hit 11 threes the other night. I'd make that trade. We'll figure out some offense. That dude's a stud, but... You know, we needed him to be him, right? And, you know, he's he's still managed, even though he, you know, he gets a ton of three-point shots a night, even though he's coming off the bench. And 
Um, I think Dane Moore has done a good job of documenting this, some other people on uh, Timberwolves Twitter too, of just volume three-point shooting and how it really was him, Curry, and somebody else that have had the best stretch for a while now, just volume shooting. And when you volume shoot, you're not going to shoot as high a percentage per se because uh, this is his role. But overall, for quite some time now, the last 15 games, this was a couple of, this is maybe uh, five days ago, last 15 games, 62 makes uh, in 11 threes, franchise record, um, the most points, 33 points for just hitting threes, 11 of 17 from three. And, and it really, it's exactly what we need, not just with off the bench and sometimes he's with the starters because Ant was resting and all that, but. He's really turned it up, and he needed, you know, he had one of the, some of the most pressures, well, definitely the most pressure for a, a bench player, just because, you know, he had such a horrible start to the year. Yeah, I mean, Beasley, this guy, Chris, I and mean, we go back and forth on him so much because he's a shooter, you know, and he's going to be streaky. We talked about that before, and, you know, sometimes you're like, why are you taking this shot? Why are you taking so many shots? And And then you go through a stretch like this where it's like, this guy's shooting the lights out and you're like, okay, you know, that's, that's also how it goes. You you know, when it's not falling, you, you're saying, you know, why? And when it is falling, you're saying, of course. So, you know, it's one of those things where he, we've talked about, you know, that we would have traded him and then we try to figure out what his role was. Is he like, you know, Vinny microwave Johnson off the bench and is, you know, to be a scorer off the bench, which is sort of his role. Now I think microwave played a little bit better defense, but, um, I mean, that's kind of what it is. Instant offensive at its best and at its worst, I guess you could say it's just shots, but it's not like he's taking bad shots or, uh, you know, shots that are just like, why? But at some points it did seem like that earlier in the season. And now it's the other side of the coin where he's starting to make everything. And like I said, that's huge for the stretch of games coming up and also for a playoff run. So maybe it's one of those things where you peak at the right time and, and uh, obviously, you know, with 20 games to go in the season is not the right time, but hopefully you can hold that shooting streak a little bit longer and uh, and maybe into the playoffs. And then it becomes a very valuable uh, piece to the puzzle uh, in a playoff series when you might be down 10 or somebody just does a 10-point run and you need to make up some points. I mean, that's where you really want to see that kind of shooting. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. And the bench overall, I have some numbers of late that they've managed to keep some of that good mojo going, and we definitely need him, no doubt. Um, just real quick from the last uh, game on Saturday uh, against the Heat, nice, you know, anytime you can get a road win, it's it's good. Um, but, you know, Pat B and Vando, Vando's having a little leg issue. It's a little tight right now. He gets banged up a lot, obviously, his style of play and whatnot. So it's it's been nice that we get to rest him. Pat have rested, I think it's more of a double a back-to-back um, that we rested him for, but he did catch an elbow right in the ear. So he did have like a little minor ear thing. I, I don't. I think they're just being safe and resting him. But you know, the Timberwolves got off to a great start, twenty-four to fourteen. But then Cat, you know, did get in some foul problems. And you know, had this nice little quick steal right off the bat and a dunk, step back three. Everything was going really good. Uh, they even had to leave. 37 to 29. Um, but then Cat picked up not just two falls in the first quarter. We're talking 
I think he hit the bench like at the five something mark. So not even a full seven minutes in, not two, Aaron, but three fouls. And he had just done the same thing in, in the first half anyway, the night before on a team we don't actually match up that well with. And I think the proof is in the pudding this year so far against Orlando. Um, that obviously hurts us. It, it allowed the heat to, to tie it up very quickly in like four minutes. Next thing you know, it's 43 to 43. It's kind of back and forth. And since Cat left the game in that game, you know, I, whatever five minute mark, they had a uh, a thirty five to twenty one run, um, and they were up. I think. Well, they they stretched it to seventeen. It's the first down by seventeen. We have been down by fifteen before and won the game, but it was the first down by seventeen. But they did. I think it was up by twelve at half. Um, but we made a nice little run to get back into it. Um, kind of a back and forth game down the stretch. And uh, it was it was a hundred a hundred with you know five minutes left. And Prince made a great free right at the buzzer to close. I think we closed on a seven zero run the third quarter. But even one hundred four one hundred three with a buck forty three left. Uh, Beverly hit a clutch three or not? Beasley hit a clutch three and Ant and Delo hit some you know nice uh, free throws. Both of them in the clutch. So they ended up getting the dub. Eight double digit scores with. Um, What's his toes? Uh, Noel, 16 points, had the most, and most of that was early. You know, being that, you know, Cat was out, we had to have kind of an all-around team thing, and, and that's what we got. So eight double figures in that win. So that's great, right? But Cat mm. with the back-to-back three fouls in the first quarter, it's just one of those things where you're like, dude, we're about – that's the first game of the 10-game stretch, Cat. You can't have that. Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen, I think, in times, especially in the NBA season where the refs are trying to balance games and all that stuff. And I mean, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but it, it, it three fouls is going to happen at some point. It might happen in the playoffs as well. But uh, i really starting to see Finch, like, lengthening his bench, though, to try to give guys a little bit more time off. And I'm not saying – you're still going to play, but uh, you see Noel, you see uh, McLaughlin a lot. You're starting to see guys that are a little deeper on the bench coming in, and sometimes that's out of a circumstance with Cat or whatever, but I really think he's trying to keep guys fresh coming down the stretch here. I think that's a smart thing to do. And if you have guys that you can come in and play uh, to you know take the load off some of the starters and the normal rotation, I mean, that's just a smart thing to do right now. Um, and plus – you can evaluate what you have from Noel and from uh, you just named the kid too, and I forgot his name. But uh, hit the three, he's new this year. I forgot his name, but Prince, uh, Prince that's it. Um, and then you get to see Reed a little bit coming for Cat and all that stuff. So I really think he's just kind of lengthening his bench uh, in the long run. And you know, Cat's fouls are going to come and go, Chris. At some point, you know, there's going to be bad ones, good ones, and. Uh, as long as he's not whining about it, I'm not going to whine about it. But it does put you in a bad spot. Seven minutes into the game, you got three fouls and your starting centers on the bench, uh, and you're trying to make up for it. That's not a good spot to be in. And to do that two nights in a row, you know, that's definitely not good. But you did end up getting the win to start the stretch of games, and uh, and that's a good thing. But you don't want to see that very often. And you know, even if you have to sit in with two, perhaps you do that. I mean, I just don't know what you can do if someone's got a happy whistle. I mean, what are you going to do about that? 
Well, and a lot of it's emotional off another whistle, so that's that's an issue. And he's still third in fouls in the whole league, you know. So it's clearly still an issue. It just haven't it hasn't been as much of an issue. Um, but he has voiced his opinions. He's picked up a fair amount of technicals. I think like thirteen of them or something like that going tonight. Twelve of them. So. It's just something that just back to back on the road was like, don't don't do this, dude. We we can't have this. <laughs> we can't have this. But like I was saying earlier, uh, it was nice during this stretch of need to win the game, especially five in a row, um, and, and to be able to win them, most of them by blowouts, and some of the key players, you know, being able to rest. I mean, it, it's. It's huge. It's been phenomenal. You know, that OK City, Portland, Portland, OK City stretch, um, and even Golden State, considering who was out in those games, it just was so crucial. And Bando, like I said, he's been banged up a couple different ways, but he's got this leg thing where he's it's hard for him to loosen up. So it, it was really nice to get that there. And You know, I'm just kind of nitpicking, but when it's your best player mm. – it, and he, you know, has that many falls now. It, it does kind of, you know, open up, you know, your mind a little bit. Like, Ugh. But he has been so aggressive going to the rack, so some of that is even more offensive falls than he normally would get in a year because this guy has just been attacking, still leading the league for centers and end ones, and we know he's a damn good free throw shooter. Um, as far as where we're at, where we've been these last, you know, because we did do a Viking show uh, the week before any other items before we start to kind of, you know, preview what's ahead, not this, j- just this week, but um, kind of give our thoughts on what our record will be, uh, not just this week, but in that, what is now a nine game stretch, but really that 10 game stretch that started with Miami. Any other things you want to talk about as far as in the, in the recent past, sir? Uh, I just want to maybe touch on, what we think about Jaden McDaniels and where he fits in, maybe short-term and long-term, he's really sort of upped his play in a lot of different ways over the last, what, couple weeks since we had a show. We talked about him a little bit then, too, but it's a whole different ballgame now. He's going to the basket. He's not just hitting corner threes. He's playing good defense. I always kind of saw him as a three naturally, um, and I think that's probably where he'll end, whether that's starting or just a, a bench guy, but if he continues to play and his play continues to improve, I could definitely see him starting in that three spot. Um, just the, the length, the ability to run the floor defensively, uh, the outside shot, it just kind of reminds me of maybe like a Sean Elliott with a little bit more length. Uh, and that's, of course, in the future. He's obviously not that now. But I can see an offensive player inside, outside, and a defensive player there. And I think that was just a really great – draft pick again by Gerson Rosas that we just really didn't I don't think we knew what we had at the time perhaps Rosas did but uh just a really great potential uh scoring player as well as a defensive guy who could also defend the bigs as well with his size it's it's really quite an interesting piece to put into into a rotation yeah and I think that um you know it's just a matter of time it's really about when he's going to replace Pat Bev whether that's the beginning of next year, the year after, um, it's really about that because, uh, well, we know now for sure. I mean, we know he's a, a small forward, but especially in the playoffs, teams do go small. So the fact that he has that length, 
does help him in a small lineup. He could still play small ball four if, in fact, the other team's doing it. And it's not as much of a, you know, like, ooh, I don't like him at the four. Well, if, if they're going small, then then it's okay at the four, right? Because it's like, okay, well, that's a little different. But you're right, man. I mean, what he's done, like, he comes off screens now. He's, like, really getting off the dribble. Like, really. And even a playmaker at times. Um, he's finishing at the hoop at a high level. And he really has. I mean, that's one thing about, you know, Pat Bev missing a little time and Ant missing, uh, missing a little time. It really has allowed him to, you know, keep saying, well, we, we not only need you, but we need you to score because Ant's out tonight. So, yeah, he's uh, – it's just a matter of time. And, and to think that we got McDaniels and Edwards in the same trap at the top and closer to the bottom is just crazy. And, and that's another thing, Rosas – to be able to not only draft Edwards, because as we know, yep. it was wide mm-hmm. open. It was not mm-hmm. a was not a deadlock. Who are you going to take? We everyone was up in the air on that, and also so he did that and keeping that pick because that was the stickler too. People don't mm-hmm. talk about it now, but keeping the kick because Golden State wanted both those picks and we deferred it till next year. So that's huge too. I mean, yeah, but McDaniel's man, it's it just a matter of time and it. It's a great way for him to just continue to grow, and he does get to be a little bit more offensive coming off the bench as well. So it's kind of shaping him as a player. But like you said, it's just a matter of time because this this dude is just he's something special and a perfect role player that any given night can can look like a, a big three. And just to dovetail off what you said about the Rosas thing, I mean. Not only that draft, and like you said, it was not. I think you and even I had arguments about Ball or Edwards and who you wanted to Wiseman take in the draft, too, right? I mean, yep, Wiseman and Wiseman was there as well. Yep, and then you also had, you know, then you got to say that a lower part of that draft where he brings back Rubio for Edwards for one season. Yep, try yep, to acclimate yep, him, yep. you know, and then you get McDaniel's on the back end of that draft, at the, at the back end of that first round, which is another turning out to be a really good stroke of genius there. So you're looking at like a really. And he did the Pat Bev. And, and he did the Pat Bev before he left. So we're and he did the Prince up. before he, he left. Prince. Not to mention the Vanderbilt, the yeah. uh, Nas Reed. The, yeah. I mean, we're just stacking J-Mac. chips here for. Yeah. J-Mac. We're just stacking right. chips here for Rosas. And I'm sorry he was a quote unquote bad guy in Minnesota terms, but. I mean, at some point, we have to look this straight in the eye and go, uh, this was Gerson Rosas, and where is he now? You know, it's just one of those things where Minnesota gets a little too provincial, a little too, uh, know, what do you want to say, the false modesty and all this bullshit that just, at some point, not every guy's going to be a great guy. And, and this guy actually put together a roster and found parts that work. And now it's all sort of coming together, not to mention putting a coach together. So it's just kind of all swings that way. And, and uh, it was just an interesting point to bring up, and I'm glad we kind of hit it this week. And moving on, you know, are we going to, you know, is the current guy going to be there? Is he going to get some help and have a second person to kind of be what he was to Gerson? So, yeah, I mean, we understand that there was some things, like even <laughs> – even locking out your second-hand man of the facility, when you hear reports about that, you're like, what was going on? That is crazy. That is crazy. Okay, so obviously there's some ego there. 
But that's part of it, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure Pat Riley has the ego. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure he does. Uh, all these guys do. Um, but also, we realize that he, you can't, you know, cheat if you're going to cheat. But try not to do it in the office. You're not a president. You can't get away with it. And even he got, you know, uh, in one part of the Congress, got, you know, in trouble for that to an extent anyway. Uh, he got impeached in one of them. But, um, you know, a suspension would have been just fine now looking back at it. I remember us talking about this off air. You mentioned a healthy fine. You know, when we look at it, and, and even people, you know, sometimes it's the folks, players or coaches or whoever, that can really make you seem like a nice guy and quote-unquote well-spoken on camera. And then you find out years later, like, oh, my God, that dude's a dirtbag. Like, I would have never guessed that, you know. So you never know what's what and who's who. So I agree with you. Maybe just a suspension because, man, is he going to be able to, you know, pull off, you know, some of the things, many of the things that, that Rosas did. It, it's it's definitely worth mentioning. And, no, I mean, everybody, everybody, no one can get credit for this roster except him. That's just facts. Yeah, and it's just a whole wholesome thing that they're trying to feed out to the public. It's just like, okay, first of all, why are we so, you know, obsessed with being wholesome? You know, I think it has to do with a few things, but, you know, one that I kind of stick to is, like, it's an NBA team, and, you know, maybe that doesn't sell great in, in Minnesota as far as uh, PR goes, but, you know – it kind of leads you right back to Glenn Taylor. I'm sure he made the call on what to do with Rosas in that situation, and um, or at least had a very uh, substantial part of what to do with that call. Now, this is a little bit of Monday morning quarterbacking because you know at at the time it was such a whirlwind when it all went down that yeah. it's hard to keep track of the story itself. I think you had to fill me in on a lot of what was going on with the story. I knew some things and other things, but then as time goes on, you start to see. Uh, the fruits of his labor, and you're just kind of like, wow, you know, is this another Timberwolf move, quote unquote, or, or so to speak? Yeah, yeah, it's it's like I get he definitely needed to be disciplined because you don't bring that stuff to the office. That's pretty basic, especially when you're preaching to the camera of the family thing, and we got to do the right thing and all that. And then you're messing around literally in your office, you know, like, I don't know what they're doing, if they're just kissing or whatever, but it's like, come on, dude, be a little smarter. But yeah, long, stern uh, punishment probably, you know, in hindsight uh, would have been, you know, better. Now, during this stretch, we're 1-0 of the 10-game stretch that's fairly well documented that we're talking about. So if they go, including tonight, they go 4-5. and five, that's five and five. That's pretty good. That that may be enough to keep the seventh spot. If they win tonight, then go four and four. That's six and four. That's doable. A win if they win tonight, then I believe they could potentially go four and four during that eight stretch, and then you're looking at six and four, and that that actually gets you above you know five hundred more at that point. I think the worst, especially that they beat Miami in the first game, and they got a good chance to win tonight. Um, I don't know. I'd say maybe is three and seven a possibility? Yeah, it's a possibility, especially if you know 
cat got three falls <laughs> again. But um, mm-hmm. or you know, back to back games. But I'd say four and six, especially starting out one and zero. I'd say four and six is gotta be. We gotta at least be four and six, uh, six in this stretch run. Yeah, so let's just lay it out here. We already beat Miami. We're counting that in the stretch run. Then we got San Antonio tonight, and we, we won't talk about that game since you're DVR in it. And then you're going uh, home against uh, the Lakers, uh, home against the Bucks at Dallas, uh, home against Phoenix, then Dallas at home, then at Boston, at Toronto, at Denver. So it was a nice little road stretch. Uh, to finish that off, and then the, the tail of the eleventh game there would be at Houston. So you're looking at, you know, that's which a that's tough, a W right there, <laughs> right? And that's, <laughs> that's a fair garbage stretch of games there. We've, like you said, we're one and zero in that stretch right now, and hopefully we can get to two and zero in that. But let's say we, we're not going to count our eggs before they hatch. I think you can beat Los Angeles at home. Will you? I don't know, but I think you can. So I'll call that a W. Milwaukee will be tough. Dallas, you're going to split there, so you're looking at there. Phoenix, you're probably going to lose. Uh, Boston, maybe you lost. Toronto, it's up in the air. And then Denver, probably lost. So I think, you know, that quick uh, that quick rundown made me think you could probably get uh, five and five. But I'm thinking four and six, probably four sure. and six, because you'll split with Dallas. Now all it takes is Dallas to sweep you when you got a problem. But um, <laughs> yeah. I think you'll split with them. And I think four and six is good enough to keep you ahead of the Clippers. So that's now. the floor. Four and six. Yeah, you think? four and six. Now, again, you get Beasley on a good stretch of games. Cat play well. You know, these guys start to peak at the right time, Chris. You could look at seven and three, and then you're really excited and you're really mm. talking. I think that's a little outlandish at this point, but would you really be surprised if they finished that stretch seven and three? I would be surprised still, um, but I think we would be in the sixth spot. Shit. I mean, if we're seven and three, there's a good chance that we might even move up to the five spot. But I'd say we got the six spot for sure. So, so surprised, you know, since January, I guess I'm not shocked, right? Because we have been playing great since January, especially offensively, as we know. We're, I think we're tied in the league now uh, for second place in, in offense points, just in general. Um, but I still got to say, seven and three, I probably would be surprised. Yeah, I would be a little surprised. I think the floor is right where you said it. Four and six, anywhere from six and four and four and six. So you say six and four is the ceiling there? Um. See, I think seven three is the ceiling. Yeah, six because if four we win tonight, good. you know, being two and zero oh and only going four and four, that's four and four is doable. So, mm. yeah, maybe the ceiling is seven and three, but I, I'm just that's just my guess of uh, four to four and six to six. Yeah, I was trying to push you there. I think you're probably right. You're going to go four and six and six and four. And I think, you know, I want to say. Because then you're talking about whole different playoff implications and so on. We're coming. We're coming. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think six and four is probably a very optimistic hope for that stretch of games. And five, five, four and six. It's something you can live with, but you go under that and you start to think, okay, is this a tail slide for the for this stretch? Or you can make them up at the end because your four last games are, you know, they're not the greatest of opponents. But yeah. you wanna you wanna make a mark here, Chris. If you're gonna, especially if you think you're a playoff team, you wanna 
show some prowess coming down the stretch here, and you have a chance to do so. Do you want to, you know, use all your bullets now? Absolutely not. But you want to use enough bullets to where people, you know, don't think they have an, an easy series coming in to play you or, or you going to their place or whatever that works out. Uh, so I think you need to at least be 500 coming down this stretch just to kind of save face. And then, you know, if you can be one game above that, that's just – any game above 500 coming down the stretch is, is a valuable bonus chip. Yeah, that's well said. That's well said. Um, but yeah, let's not have any kind of three and seven stuff. You know what I mean? Let, let's let's not go there. Let's not do that. Four and six minimum. It has to be. Um, any other items uh, before we shut this uh, puppy down? No, we're just looking to not limp into the playoffs. I guess. <laughs> it's yes. just, you know, how many years can we count? I mean, back in the Garnett years, they they finished fairly strong. That's so long ago, mm-hmm. Chris. It's hard to remember, but they would finish seasons fairly strong. And, uh, oh, I did want to bring this up. Did you happen to see that they retired Garnett's number in Boston this week? Yep, I sure did. And it was a great, I mean, that, considering he played there for a short amount of time, he got all of, well, not just all of everything out of it, right? A championship and all that. But just the, the crowd, everyone knows that he changed the culture, period. Like, that was really well done. That was really well done. Um, and in the same time, so I'm, I'm at home watching it, uh, kind of choking up a little bit. Like, man, this is, you know, and it looks like KG's ready to play at times. You know, he's pumped up. I'm surprised he didn't go down and headbutt the, the padding underneath the, you know, underneath the rim. But uh, that was phenomenal, and it really just shows you uh, Glenn Taylor um, where he's at. Uh, billionaire. Many times over, yes, sir, he sure is. But, uh, wow, I can't believe he, he this, this is how he went out. They beat us to him, and he played there a handful of years. Yeah, and like you said, it's just. And that's Boston, dude. It's Boston. Like to, it's Lakers and Boston. We all know that. That's the top two teams. To be in that rafter, dude, wow. Yeah, I mean, it just makes our rafters seem so much less important. <laughs> and by the way, you can't get in our rafters, so it's unbelievable. The We all talk about, well, Garnett's upset with the franchise. Yeah, now we know why. I mean, not that we didn't before, but this is just like the the cherry on top of why it's so hard to get anything out of Garnett coming this way. Of course, he wanted to buy the team, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, the kibosh was put on that by by Glenn Taylor. So whatever animosity those two have against each other, it's it's beyond ridiculous at this point. And I'm blaming it more on Glenn Taylor. And, you know, not to mention the, yes. what he did with Rosas and all the countless number of other things that he's done to this franchise. Uh, I'm just to the point where we had a whole show about what we thought about him. And it's just – it was so hard to watch that and not have – you know, for the amount of years Kevin played here and the way he played and the state of our franchise before and after him, there's just absolutely no reason that he shouldn't have his number retired here. And, you know, even if I was in the organization, I would just unofficially do it. Like, no one can have 21. Yeah. It might not be in the roster, but I don't – no one else can have it, you know, until it is in the rafters. It's basically – Yeah, there's no point. There's there's no no point in even getting it. Because you're not going to have it. Exactly. It's just it's a, it's a missing number, like 
like floor 13 in an elevator. Yeah. It's not there. <laughs> yeah, man, it was, uh, it was awesome. They did a great job. That crowd was going nuts, but, uh, you know, it did hurt. It, 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 I loved it because I'm so happy for him, just like it was for the chip. And he brought up Minnesota once again, you know, he made, and they even cheered for Minnesota. I was like, damn, uh, wow. But you know he was going to do that, and it was cool for them to finally talk to Ray after he betrayed them and went to Miami. Uh, but that shows you how it is, dude. Like, it literally took all the – it's like almost – it's like eight to ten years since he betrayed them, and it took that long to be like, let's have a hug, dude. But, you know, that's how it should be, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. when it comes to that stuff. So, um, but, yeah, man, that, that was great in classy as hell and they did it the right way and it just it really yeah it really makes us look like shit or Glenn Taylor really but yeah yeah I'm glad you brought that up that's a good call yeah I mean everything just kind of you you get to the point where it's like there's just absolutely zero reason that his number should not be retired here and whatever it is is so petty at this point that if you're watching, let's go down in Boston. It's like, okay, just another Timberwolves thing. We got to stop having these Timberwolf moments at some point. I mean, the team's playing well. We're hoping for a good stretch run here, maybe a playoff berth, a good young core. There's so many positives now. Enough of these black eyes on the franchise. We just can't, we can't sustain that any longer if we're going to hope to keep this team into the future after it's sold. I mean, we need to have some serious, uh, bonding with the community and everything like that. So let's just hope that things continue to swing in the right direction. We do something about KG and, and it all gets worked out in the end. That's all I can say. Yeah. I mean, it already sounds like they do have plans to bring in KG and maybe even buy part, you know, with his group, buy a part of it once they own it all the way. So um, he'll be here. I just want him in the practices for Christ's sakes. I mean, right now you can't tell me towns would not learn from him day in and day out in practice. It just, I mean, he, he's, he probably scouts the whole league still. You know, like, it, it's just, it's tough. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Let's hope the, the uh, T-Wolves take, you know, obviously you'd like to win all three, but two out of three wouldn't be that bad either. We'll be back next week. Peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.